This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Straub here, welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. As we record this, it is about five weeks ago until the start of the regular season. Why did my voice go so high there? I don't know, something like that. And something different is going on today. We, we the podcast, are on the road. That's the headline. That's the big headline at the start of this thing. I'm here in sunny Stanford, Connecticut with Steve Alexander coming to you live to tape from the majestic Sheraton Hotel in downtown Stanford. We are here getting ready to record some videos with our Roto World colleagues, Tommy Beer and Ryan Knaus. Uh, we'll be doing that t- tomorrow, the same day this podcast release it releases. Uh, Steve, we're here to rip through some headlines. How are you feeling? How are you feeling about being in Stanford? Well, you know, it's sort of like my home away from home. You can never have too much Stanford in your life. Home of Jerry Springer. What else is here? Something else big is here. Like uh, NBC Sports. Well, course that's right. why oh, we're here that's a that's a foregone conclusion i thought there was, some, I thought there was one more big mm. like wrestling or something. oh wwe right yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, come on okay there's a lot a lot happening there's here. a lot to love about stanford so uh we were going to take a few minutes to spin through some recent headlines on the roto world news page and let you know our thoughts on them because I think some of them amount to something, some of them amount to nothing. Some of them are good jumping off points for just players we're interested in or not interested in. So first up is a headline, Millsap, Jokic, and Murray to see more rest, question mark. And this is from uh, Nick Cosmet, or I don't know how to say his last name, of The Athletic, believes that Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic, and Jamal Murray are all candidates for load management next season. And I think part of his logic here, if I'm understanding this right, is that Jokic has played the World Cup, played a bunch of playoff games, really getting no rest this summer. So in the same breath, though, he also points out that Mike Malone is not a big fan of the idea of load management. So kind of two things at odds here. What do you make, what do you make of this, Steve? Uh, are you concerned about any of these Denver guys? Well, Mike Malone not being a fan of load management may not matter because if everybody else is doing it, Mike Malone's going to have to do it too, and it feels like that's where we're headed. The fact that Paul Millsap's on that list is probably the least surprising that's thing true. I've heard That's true. Uh, in the last month. So, yeah, he's going to have load management issues. We've known that going in. Uh, that's good news for Jeremy Grant. Those two are probably just going to be in a straight-up timeshare, I'm guessing. Uh, the Jokic... Load management for Jokic is a little uh, surprising to hear. I, I think I might believe that one when I see it, especially if Mike Malone doesn't want to bench him. He's going to have a hard time doing it. Jamal Murray's been banged up uh, a little bit throughout his career, and I, I think this probably just means like an extra night off here or there for these guys. Not a big, huge deal. Yeah, at the moment, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to downgrade either guy. And keep in mind, I mean, we're seeing Jokic go even higher maybe than we would have expected, you know, as we got into the end of the last season, because, you know, Durant hurt. Paul George is going to miss the start of the season. So Jokic has really vaulted up into this 6-7 range with Damian Lillard. And really, on a per-game basis, let's keep in mind, I mean, yeah, they're first-round caliber players, but on a per-game basis, they were closer to 
making sure I'm not lying to you guys, uh, closer to like the end of the first round really than the middle based on what they did last year. So you're kind of, you're taking those guys partially. Yeah, they're good, but also because they're reliable. So that's important in Jokic's case. Uh, yeah. And reliability is one of his main things. So, I mean, again, I, I'm not going to panic on this news. I, I'm not, I'm not going to own many shares of Paul Millsap this year, but I, <laughs> I doubt I'm going to be reluctant to take Jokic or Murray just because of this one early report. To round out my rambling point from a moment ago, Jokic was the 13th overall player on Basketball Monsters 9 category leaderboard. Lillard was 12th. And again, I think those are guys we're basically seeing going 6th and 7th in a lot of leagues. Yep. All right. The next headline that caught our attention would be just because it is another chapter in what continues to be just a bizarre basketball story. The Magic have picked up Markel Fultz's option for the 2020-21 season, and that puts him on track to make $12.3 million that year. And in the same breath, Josh Robbins of The Athletic reports there's no known timetable for Fultz. All we're seeing now are, I guess, videos of his you know, improved jumper. It, it, this is just honestly the weirdest saga to me. It's been a story told in like, you know, grainy gym video, not grainy gym videos, but like 12 second gym videos of a guy shooting jump shots. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it is, look how broken his shot is. Oh, his shot's fixed. He's not playing basketball. And when is he going to play? Such a strange story. Obviously a really talented player. I'm fascinated by this. Is he obviously talented? I mean, I've only seen grainy gym footage of him in the last five years. Uh, I mean, number one pick and we're, we're calling him a guy. It's, it's, it's pretty weird, man. Um, now it sounds like it's DJ Augustine's show yet again uh, for the Orlando Magic. I don't know if we'll see Markel Fultz, you know, before the calendar turns. I, I don't know. It's bizarre. I mean, I base it on having seen, you know, his college video. He looked super impressive there. And, you know, when he played for the Sixers, there were moments where it's like, oh, this guy has like a nice floor game. Like he can pass. You know, he, I think he can do some things. I just think that this is just, it's just a weird one. I, I hope he can do some things. They took him with the number one pick, uh, <laughs> even though everyone and their mother reported that his shot was already broken before the rest of his body was. All right, Steve, you got Steve's feelings about Markel Fultz. I'm I'm a little um I'm a little more like hopeful. Soft. I'm a <laughs> softer. Uh, yeah, you could say that. All right. Meanwhile, as for Zach Levine, there is there was an interview with him on Fansided and. This is not exactly news or anything, but Levine said he's been working on his playmaking skills this summer. So I'm sure a lot of NBA players have been working on their playmaking skills. I'm not saying that this moved the earth for me in any way, but I, but any time when news is this slow and a player appears in a blurb, it's like, oh, we have an excuse to talk about this guy. So here we are. Zach Levine was around a top 60 guy last season, Steve. Uh, I think you're a, you're a Levine uh, enthusiast when it comes to fantasy hoops. What, what do you make of him this season? Do you think, I think my question is, Top 60 is solid. Do you think he has a chance to make a leap up from there? I think if he can stay healthy and he does cut down on his turnovers, that you know, top 50 would not be too difficult for him to get. And I take this, this news is more about him cutting down his turnovers than it is becoming a point guard and a playmaker. I think he wants to make better passes, make better decisions, and really what NBA player, player doesn't want to do that. <laughs> so many of them, so many of these guys have three you know, three point whatever turnovers a game, and Zach's one of them. So, yeah, I mean, if he can get that down to two point nine, that's going to make an impact on on his fantasy ranking. So, hopefully, he's not just talking smack. I mean, Levine is is a guy who legitimately feels like he's been in the NBA for a decade. Actually, he's twenty four years old. <laughs> so, 
and averaged 24 points, nearly five boards, four and a half assists last season. Did have the three and a half turnovers. I honestly feel like I should be higher on Levine in my, in my drafts than, than I actually am probably. I mean, he's solid. And he's solid with the chance to make a leap. Like he has the ability to, you know, take an upward jump from here, you know? Well, and the Bulls are bad. So, I mean, he should have tons of opportunity as long as he can stay healthy. I mean, he could really take it to another level. If I told you that Zach Levine ends up averaging, you know, 26 points per game this year, 25, 26 points per game up from 24, you know, and, and with the rest of those numbers, nearly two threes a game, those rebounds, assists, like you wouldn't be shocked. No, that's that's why that's why I like him. <laughs> How do you feel about the Bulls in general? I know our, our colleague Mike Gallagher is I don't I don't think would draft a bull. Maybe he would draft Wendell Carter Jr. based on my conversations with him. Are you afraid of the Bulls based on just them being a bad team? I'm not staying away from it personally. I'm not Wizards level worried. Um, <laughs> but it used to be back in the day, it was fun to draft guys on terrible teams who were like the best player on their team. It wasn't scary and it was it was just a good time because you knew your guy was going to get numbers <laughs> and go crazy. But in today's world, now you got to worry about your guy just getting shut down. Right. Uh, that's the whole Bradley Beal uh, dilemma, the catch-22 on Bradley Beal. He's going to just dominate for a really bad team, but at what point do they want to make sure he doesn't hurt himself for later on in his career? So... I don't know, man. Chris Dunn and Kobe White, um, Shaq Harrison is still there. You got Levine. Uh, Otto Porter is a good player, so that's good. Markin is a good Mark- player. Larry Markin is a very good player. And Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell Carter Jr. is a sleeper this year because everybody forgets about you him. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out with a hot take right now. They're not as I bad think, as I, I think, think the, they are. I think the Bulls might be I, – I, I don't know what their sort of projected win total is, but that's – if healthy – in the East, that's not that is very far from the worst team. I think is that crazy? Is that crazy talk? No, and it's not. And I I, I misspoke because we threw this thing together. I didn't have the the team pulled. I I literally forgot about Porter for a second, and he's a really good player. Markin is solid. Carter's solid. Uh, you got Zach Levine, and, and they also have Kobe White, the rookie, Sadaransky, and they've also got Chris Dunn. So they they've got options of point guard and. and that two through five is pretty solid. Tying up a point you made a second ago, I'm on the side of not being scared to draft Bradley Beal. He's played 77, 82, and 82 games the last three seasons. I understand that doesn't mean he's going to play that number of games this year, but I think he, I can't remember where I read the quote, but there was a quote last year, like he basically said, I don't, I don't sit out. You know what I mean? And we've talked about this before. I just think load management for Beal or shutdown for Beal looks more like 72 or 74 games than like 60. And you're probably right. I mean, it, he's going to go so high in drafts. Yeah. Like, like that, That I think that's what changes it a little bit for me. I mean, he's going, what, 10th? Yeah, he's going to go at the end, of the end of the first round, yeah. And then at that point, say the Bulls start off and lose their first 14 games in a row. I, yeah. I, I don't have a lot of faith for how much he'll be around in the fantasy playoffs. But it doesn't mean he won't be. It's just, it's just. But don't get me wrong. I think your team, your fantasy team, is screwed if you're picking at the end of the first round this year. If you, if your league allows trades before the draft, try to get into the top five. Period. Uh, I basically don't care what it takes to get there. I mean, I'll, I care, but within reason. <laughs> I would overpay a little bit to get into the top five. I feel that. I mean, that's where you want to be. It's just like football this year. You, you would have paid to get in the top four, three, or four. Yeah. And, that's the way basketball is. Like this, that eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 
Hello, Luca, and hello, Trey, for me. But, I mean, who knows if that's going to work out or not. Yep. All right. Uh, A couple more names we're going to hit before we get out of here. Kristaps Porzingis is coming off ACL surgery, of course. Scrimmaged, quote-unquote, full strength, according to the Dallas Morning News, uh, during voluntary workouts in Miami last week. I err on the side of being an optimist when it comes to, you know, how much guys will be rested. But there is a small handful of players that I am pretty terrified of. And Porzingis is one of them. I think he's going to be phenomenal when he's on the court. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a fantasy dynamo we came to know, but I'm just, I'm very scared of, of him only playing like 60, 65 games in a best case scenario. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd probably set the over under closer to 55 if, yeah. if I was doing it in a blind, blind draw, a blind taste test. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I kind of like Dwight Powell because I don't think Porzingis is going to play that much this year. And, you know, in the era of load management, in the era of Mark Cuban just spent a ton of money to get Porzingis there. He hasn't played in a long time. I, I think they're going to be super careful. Yeah. So I'm across the board going to let someone else draft him. And I think I'm going to be jealous in like November when Porzingis is just destroying it and then just got to stay patient and understand, okay, this is going to come around at some point, I think, and he's going to get some rest or maybe get hurt again. Who knows? But yeah, huge risk. Um, with huge reward when he's on the court. But I, there's a line for me, and I think he's on the other side of the, the risk line when it comes to this stuff. Well, and it just depend, it depends on how far he falls. Yeah. If he's sitting there late enough, maybe you take him. I, the blurb says it best, high risk, high reward, like you just reiterated. And that's what's fun about it. Like you, you take a gamble on him, and he pans out, you probably win your league. If he doesn't and falters and gets hurt early, you're in big trouble. All right. I guess we can hit two names out of Miami here because they're kind of in the same conversation. Tyler Harrow, uh, who, of course, had a very strong summer league, looked pretty good. But Ira Winderman of the South Florida Sun Sentinel does not believe that Harrow will have a starting role right away for Miami. In the same breath, Justice Winslow expects to play point guard for the Heat. That's from Anthony Chang on Twitter. Well, what are, your, what are your thoughts on both of these guys? I don't think you like Winslow. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but am I right re- recalling that? I'm more of a Winslow guy oh, you are? That's than right. most, okay. most of the rest of the sane people that work at Roto World. I'm glad are. you're here to to refute what I was starting to say there. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't love uh, Winslow, but once he took over the point guard role last year, and once I picked him up and put him into some lineups, he was helping my teams. And for a guy you got off waivers or a guy you got, you know, later middle rounds of your draft that's all you really want he wants to run the point again this year for the heat and he says he's going to but you know everything we've seen is that goran Dragic is going to be back to do that then again i mean how old is goran Dragic? man i mean he's got to be pushing i think he's early 30s 34 33 i'm taking the under hold on i want to say he's like 32 but he might be 33 stand by 33 33 we'll split the difference so you know, Goran Dragic is 33. That's not the ideal age for my starting point guard in fantasy. So I think Winslow is going to play more than more point guard than maybe we think he is. And as far as Tyler Harrow goes, a lot of people are fired up about him. Shooting guard, had an impressive summer league. But I don't know if he can't beat out Deion Waiters for the starting job that I don't know when he's going to be starting. And that, that seems to be the guy he's got to beat out. So... As of now, it looks like he's coming off the bench. I'm probably going to ignore Tyler Harrow in most of my drafts unless it's a really deep league. But a lot of people are high on him. A lot of people are excited. We talked about Zach Levine being uh, a guy who feels like he's been around forever. It's not that extreme with Winslow, but 
Winslow is only 23 uh, himself and just had a career year of sorts this past season. 12.6 points, 5.4 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 1.1 steals, 1.33 pointers. His three-point shot has improved the last couple of years. The main problem with him is bad free throw shooting, uh, 63% this past season. So if I'm punting free throws in any leagues, I absolutely want him. And otherwise, like, yeah, I mean, towards the end of drafts and a slightly deeper, you know, 12-14 team league, I think he's a guy who has some value. I also don't think it would be a stretch for him to fail to live up to those numbers again this year. Like, <laughs> he may struggle to play that well again because I, I feel like he played pretty well last year. So he's a late, he's a late, late round guy. Late round guy. I want to spend a, spend a good pick on him. Yeah. All right, well, that about does it for us here from Stanford, Connecticut, the Stanford edition of the show. Plenty of, of video content coming your way from our trip here to Stanford, so be on the lookout for that. And don't forget to... Draft Guide Friday. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen if you haven't done that. Take a second to rate and review the show as well. That helps. That's it. Steve, thanks for taking the time. Goodbye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.